1: You may not be familiar with the name Megan Knapp. I certainly wasn't, uh, but when she came onto our radar discussing the show that has everyone buzzing in the outdoor industry, essentially the show for Love or likes and that she was a past contestant on the show for Love or likes and that she really doesn't like the show for Love or likes. I just had to have her on a podcast to understand why she went on. Why did she do it? What does she think of the show now and how that all ties together when it comes to the image of women in the outdoor industry today. Yeah. I'm excited to talk to you because I think that, you know, the stuff that we're going to talk about is dare I say, it's a pervasive topic right now in the social media space. I
2: agree.
1: I don't know why it's a pervasive topic. Um, Yeah. But, and and it's almost like I I noticed something the other day. There's a lady that I follow on Facebook. Her name is Andrea Bogart. And she had a situation where the FedEx person came to deliver it actually, she came to deliver all the gator meat that she had gotten from a gator hunt that she had done in Florida. Where are you from? Where you are right now? Um, are you from Florida? Born and
2: raised. A... Mm-hmm.
1: No wonder the horses and the cast, the the cattle pastures and whatnot fit with <laughs> you. And um, well, it's funny. Uh, again, I apologize because I go on so many different tangents, but a lot of people don't re- recognize that Florida. It's probably everyone thinks Texas is cowboy central, but Florida, there's a lot of cowboys, a lot of horses, a lot of cowboys. Oh, definitely
2: a ton. I think there was, I mean, there was a time for like a decade where we were the number two state for beef producing state in the US. But like so many people, you think Florida and they're like, oh, beaches and retirement. But like as soon as you leave the coast, I mean, it, it's farmland. It, you're in the swamp. It's farmland. It's it's pretty diverse. So, I mean, I just don't think people realize that. They're like, you're from Florida and you're wearing boots. You ride horses. And I'm like, it's not all beaches. <laughs> so...
1: Right, yeah. right. Well, getting back to this FedEx driver. So this FedEx driver drops off a box of gator meat uh, and something else. And she's got the front door open and she's got this hunting logoed type shirt on. And he obviously peers in the door and says, it's a really heavy box. And she says, hey, do you mind just bringing it in for me? And he comes in and he looks at the mounts and the bear mount and the rug and the axis and the white tailed deer. And his first question was, oh, does your husband hunt? Yeah. And she was like... And she wrote this blog article about like, why is that the first question? You know, why, and, 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 you know, there may be some substance to it, that back in the day, the men were the people going out and hunting and dragging the animals back to the fire and, you know, Mm. beating our chests (laughs) and saying, look at me, I've got the big animal and, you know, all the beautiful ladies, you're going to now flock to me because I'm the the breadwinner, essentially, or the meat provider. Of the truth, of the of the, the truth, but nowadays I think that there is a resurgence. resurgence is the wrong term. I think that there is a movement of strong females coming into the hunting space.
2: Definitely, I agree.
1: And you are one of them.
2: I I yeah, I like it a lot. It's a passion. I'd say. <laughs>
1: So let's, uh, before we continue any further, why don't you introduce yourself?
2: Uh, My name is Megan Nepp. I'm born and raised in South Florida and kind of just outdoorsy by blood. Really, my mom's side were horse ranchers and horse people. My dad's side were dairy farmers from Southern Indiana and big time hunters, big time hunters. So, I think I just got like a double dose of passion for the outdoors, I guess. Just I mean, ever since I could walk, we just were either on a horse or we were hunting. So, I just grew up loving it. Really?
1: Mom hunts? Dad hunts. Oh, mom does not hunt. <laughs> mom, mom does, does not hunt. hunt my What does mom think of hunting? She I
2: I mean, she likes it and she's always like, Oh, I'll bring her, you know, I'll cook anything y'all bring home and she eats it and stuff, but she can't bring herself to do the killing or the harvesting or any of that. Um, and stuff. and my sister, she also, she's, she's a great shot, which stinks because she just doesn't really like being uncomfortable and usually hunting is all about being uncomfortable you know, crawling on the ground or sitting in freezing cold temps or whatever. So really, it was just kind of me and my dad. Um, but my sister and my mom support it. They, they love it. Like I said, they'll fix any, anything we bring home. They're all about it. They just can't bring themselves to do it, which is understandable. You know, it's not for everyone.
1: Was there a time that you can remember that you were not hunting? Did your dad, like, take you hunting when you were three, four, five, or is it almost like he waited until it was something that you were interested in?
2: I kind of think he waited till I was interested, um, which, I mean, I feel like I was interested at four or five years old because he got my sister a compound bow for her, like, ninth birthday or something. And I was, like, dying to go with him. And he was like, well, when you're big enough to pull one back, I'll take you. And I just remember, like, not being able to wait until I could pull that thing back. I'd be out there, like, every day trying to pull it back. And the day that I did, I was like, okay, now you can take me to the tree stand, you know. And um, so it was definitely early on. I mean, high school sports and stuff and college sports and all that got in the way and took away from it for a little bit. But, I mean, other than that, I... I mean, I was fishing or hunting, definitely.
1: did your dad did your dad treat you like a girl when it came to hunting?
2: Definitely. You know
1: what I'm trying to say, there? Like
2: <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, he he was he was good about like, I mean, obviously, when you're introducing someone to hunting, you're gonna you kind of have to teach them, you know what to do or where to go or, you know, I was, I was a little girl, so he'd obviously walk me, you know, in the, you know, in the morning before the sunrise, you know, walk me to my tree, um, show me how to use a climber. And if it wasn't a fixed stand and we usually use climbers um, most of the time, but I mean, he kind of showed me how to do it. And then it was kind of like, okay, now you're on your own. So, I mean, he's like, if you want to be a part of this, if you're interested in this, you know, I'll teach it to you. But then, you know, you're on your own, which, you know, I respect. So,
1: so let me ask you sort of the crux of the matter, and we'd like to dive deep right away. No, no bullshitting around the subject, I like essentially. Um, why do you hunt today, Megan?
2: I like hunting because I, one – I love the outdoors. I think I'm just, I always feel I'm faith is a big thing to me. I always feel like closest to God when I'm in nature, Um, getting up with the sunrise, you know, watching this, watching and hearing all the animals come to life every morning and then going back to their beds at night and just, watching that take place is in itself just like so majestic. I I love that. Um there's really nothing greater to me. I mean, if you ask me. And then um there's something like so primitive that I've always admired about primitive hunting. Like I I've always admired from the time I was little just the pioneers and Uh, Indians and cowboys Mm. and history and just like watching how they survived off. I mean, I grew up watching Westerns with my dad and cowboys and Indians and little house on the prairie. And just, I admired these people because they literally had to live off the land. And it was just, it was something that I was like, man, like that's so, it's so respectable and admirable to, to see people be able to do that and use every single resource that they, that they can. And I mean, I just, I don't want to lose that. I, I don't want generation Mm -hmm. after generation to just rely more and more on factories and manufacturers and stuff like that's really so special. Like it's to, I mean, there's so many different things I love about hunting. Uh, I mean, besides that, and then you're like, you're in there, they're in, you're on their turf. And you're, you're outsmarting them. You're kind of just, you're in there. does that make sense? Like you're.
1: Yeah. You're matching wits with them. You're matching wits with them. You're matching sort of your inferior, your, you know, your inferiority to their superiority to figure out like, can I actually do
2: this? It's, it's such a challenge. And so I think when it, when all the stars line up and it, all comes together like there's just really no better feeling there's not a better rush or adrenaline rush and respect that all comes together in the end that it's just i just think it's the best feeling
1: so megan for someone who just listened to you for the first time explain this thing about why you hunt someone may say wow she really loves it So, and you use two words and you're smiling because you know where I'm going. You use respectful and you use admirable. Mm -hmm. And so you are doing it for the love of what you, you, you hunt. You're doing it for the love of this thing that somewhere inside you doing this primal thing inside you. You're not doing it for social media Mm -hmm. likes. And so, the way that we connected was I found out that you were on the show that is getting a lot of discussions called Love or Likes mm-hmm. for Love or Likes, right? I don't even know the the right term. Unfortunately,
2: that is it. what it's called. Yes, yes.
1: And you were a participant in For Love or Likes. Mm-hmm. I was. I was. Fan of the show, not a fan. I
2: am. Show. I'm truthfully no I'm not a fan of the show the show had potential to be something great and I don't think it went that way so I'll just say that
1: why did you decide to do that why if you if you had this ideal of because somebody would say well Megan you had this ideal of what you love to do but then you went on the show isn't the whole isn't that just doing it for the likes isn't that just like saying hey I'm going to put myself out there so that I can become quote unquote instaface? Right.
2: So I had just I mean to be honest I had just started an out, outdoor yeah. ministry. Um like I said that that's where I it's just where I feel closest to God. I had just started that and this opportunity came along and I had never I had never watched the show. And I get, there were two seasons prior to mine. And I was kind of like, oh my goodness, like the Outdoor Channel, which I grew up watching. And I was like, you know, they, they want me to do this show where I get to hunt on 55,000 acres, these big Louisiana whitetail, um, with other girls for free. And they're going to film it. Like, where do I sign? Like." (laughs) I, I just, I, I was right. very um, naive. I I mean, to me, that's, that's all I heard. So I was kind of like, I'm, I'm all for it. Like, like this, this is great. And not to mention, like, I just started this ministry. Here's a, ch- here's a chance. Like God's opening up a door for me to talk about my ministry and how that ties into my passion and what I love to do that God put these on animals on the earth, you know, for us to take care of and to harvest and to use as we need. I was like, this is what a great opportunity. So to me, I was kind of seeing it like here, here's an opportunity. God's opened this door. I can show women like how awesome it is to do. I, you know, who doesn't want to show off their passion? Who doesn't want other people to get this excited about what excites them? So to me, it, it just seemed like such a great opportunity, and I did, I did end up. They kind of, I had people, obviously inside people, tell me, you know, I heard you're going on the show. Don't do it. Don't do it, Megan. Oh my goodness! And they were throwing out some names and stuff like that, and just reputations and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I guess I should watch some of the past seasons, which I did. And I was like, man, I I really don't like how these women are being represented. Um, Not all of them, but a lot of them. You know, I don't like this. Maybe we can go on this show and maybe we can turn it around because there's such potential here. And it, it was a show that that had not been done before. You know, an outdoor hunting show for women. Like this is what I dreamed of as a little girl. Um. So I was just like, man, this could be so great. Like we've needed something like this for so long. Let, let's let do it and let's turn around. And I mean, I was going on the show with my friend, Allie Butler. We were friends, you know, before this. So she was going on it too. And I talked to her and I was like, man, let's really use this opportunity to show just how awesome it is and how great it can be. Let's turn this around. That's kind of what we went in with.
1: So today, do you think the show... Ha- I think this is maybe an unfair question. Okay. And I apologize. Do you think the show has, has been a positive or a negative for women in the outdoor industry?
2: I think it's pretty negative. Um, I think, I think there's been some positive things that have come out of it. Um, Like, you know, I don't think it's all been bad. Like there's been a few stories and clips that have been great, but all around, I I don't think the show has, has had a positive impact on women. I don't think it represents women the way they should. Um, just the title alone gives women a poor representation in the outdoor industry. Um, I,
1: yeah. It almost just suggests that women are doing it just for being insta-famous, Correct. right? There are- they're the huntresses, they're, 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 they're the women that are showing as much skin as they possibly can to get as many likes as they possibly can, to be thrown free stuff as much as they can, and hopefully money associated. With
2: exactly. That. I'll get sponsors from this, I'll get, um, you know, my Instagram follower count's gonna go up, or, you know, I, I get to be on TV finally. Um, I think that's a lot of it. And, um, it's, it's just sad. It, it really is sad. I mean, obviously not, not all the girls that go on there go on there with that attitude, but I think, and I mean, my season, we were season three and there was kind of a group of us that were like, Hey, we, we don't, don't ever call us a huntress and don't ever like, we're not going to be taking selfies and any of the clips and any of that, we kind of went in with some like, "Hey, we'll do it, but like we have these ground rules um you know, just trying to maybe steer the show in a better direction, and um, like I said, they I guess it it wasn't enough drama, I guess our season wasn't um as good as they would have liked it to be, according to their terms, so It was just poorly and worse, falsely represented. And it's just, it's sad to see that. Um, And I think it's definitely gone downhill after our season, which is sad to say.
1: Well, it certainly is, you know, playing on the whole, we need as many, it's funny, when you really dig in a little bit and think about it, it's the outdoor channel doing it for the likes, right? Right. They're putting these women set up in different scenarios, wearing some crazy outfits, mm-hmm. not for the love of hunting, but rather for the likes on their social platforms. That's generating the engagement and impressions and whatnot. And and that's, you know, TV, unfortunately, is it's all about mm-hmm. ratings, all about people watching. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's, there's something about, you know, it's unfortunate that the the perception of women that hunt in the are in the hunting industry is given that sort of broad paintbrush of a
2: stroke. Right. Yeah.
1: However, there are there are women out there that do fit that broad paintbrush, mm-hmm. and it's almost like and I was talking to uh Rachel Rochelle I called her Rachel and she corrected me Rochelle Schroot. <laughs> yeah and Rochelle said you know it's it's really um you know we've got you've got such a tough hill to climb and when you start climbing that hill and you start speaking out about x and y and you know the assumption that my husband hunts versus me being the hunter if you start speaking out, the the first label that's brought up upon you is that you're a victim, that you're now you're you're saying that hey, I, I, you know, I, I'm crying because I'm being victimized, mm-hmm. and it's almost like, how how did we get here? Is it because of shows like For Love or Likes?
2: Um, I I definitely think it was kind of headed that way before that show even aired, and then I just think the the airing of the show just took it to a whole nother level. Unfortunately. Um, I I mean, you have the fishing industry, which is huge and you have like half naked girls all over the fishing industry. Um, and then so hunting, you know, and I always fish too. And I I actually got ridiculed so bad because I would have fishing pictures and I do like the hashtag, like, you know, girls who fish hashtag with their clothes on. And, like, people ridiculed me, like, how could you bash us like this? And I'm just like, because you can catch fish with clothes on and be admired for, for other abilities than just looking good or being able to wear a bikini. And so it was just – and then with hunting, it's just like, man, we're, how can you screw up hunting? Like, you're hunt- you're in the woods. You got camouflage on. Like, and then – the Outdoor Channel is going to advertise the show and they put on a girl with low cut top and itty bitty Daisy Duke shorts. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like we're supposed to be, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: we're supposed to be show, it's hard enough for the real hunters out there that actually do it for their passion and they're trying to get the message out and trying to preach conservation and trying to, do all these things and trying to be that girl that we looked up to when we were 10 years old, when we were 15, I want to be the woman that I needed when I was 15, 18 years old. And so I'm just like, man, here's an opportunity. Yeah. Here's an opportunity to, to showcase real women and be that, be that influence And we're going in the other, going in the other direction. Like, like the only thing that is admirable about a woman in the woods or a woman on a boat catching fish is her sex appeal. And I'm just, I want to be like, no, like let's, let's correct this. Let's like, there's so much to admire about this. Let's use it. And uh, unfortunately that's just not the majority today. You know, it's, if you're not showing skin, you're losing followers and, you know, I, I, there's a lot of girls that don't care about that, and I commend them for it, and I love that. But unfortunately, there's a lot more out there, too. The few bad eggs, and then they just end up giving us all a bad name. So.
1: It's funny. Rochelle mentioned, you mentioned the majority. Rochelle reckons that the majority are actually like you, mm-hmm. that are wanting to do it for the right reasons, you know, have different reasons for why they hunt. And they want to portray those reasons to the next generation of young women that are coming up into the the outdoor industry. I'd agree. She goes, but the majority are silent. Mm -hmm. The majority are silent Mm -hmm. because of the culture that has been created Mm -hmm. of being vocal. And every time a, a strong woman is vocal, again, the, the ridiculeness or or something or some sort of you know something happens, and they feel like they can't speak up and out because then the whole victim mentality mm-hmm. gets put on them right, and so they just choose to be silent right and the people that have the loudest voices are the ones that are not doing it for the future generation of young women mm. but rather they're doing it for ego mm-hmm. and self mm they're not selfless they are selfish
2: yep yep i i mean you're you're hitting the, na- the nail on the head i mean it's just and just what reminds me of like just an incident on the season that i was on one of the episodes um i missed my target buck because of a cameraman incident and um we got home that night and you know, I went up to my room and I'm like, you know, you're upset. That's hunting. That's how it goes. But like, I was like, you know, just go up to your room, just kind of take a breather, reset, regroup, check your cameras, you know, for tomorrow morning's hunt and all this stuff. And, and then one of my best friends came home and she had killed her target buck. And man, like I was so happy for her. That's just, You know, it it was great, and I came down and we looked at her buck and checked her footage and just kind of celebrated with each other because we know how how when all that stuff comes together, what a great achievement and feeling it is. And then, like the show, did not like that there was no drama, that all this stuff. So they show they totally nixed me out of a scene, and after filming. They took some replacement person that did not even look like me and put her like coming out of the truck, slamming doors, going into the house, slamming more doors, running upstairs, like pushing the camera out of my, out of the way. And it wasn't even me. And I remember when that, when that episode aired on TV, my family, like we're all around watching it and they're just like, Megan, who, that wasn't you. Who was that girl? And I was like, oh, my gosh, like this has got to be like a violation of rights or something (laughs) like how pathetic it is that like people can't just admire the show for what it is. Like you have to have drama and then it just ties like, okay, so girls are drama. There was so much epic footage for our season, so much epic footage. We killed a lot of stuff. Predators. Dear everything. And like a fraction of it was shown on the show. And so it just told me like, mm-hmm. okay, the, they're out here because they want to get ratings and drama. They're not out here to showcase women and what they're capable of and their passion for the outdoors. And so after that, I was just like, man, that is, I'm not here for that. Like it's, and I didn't say anything for a long time because like, I'm not about confrontation. Um, It is what it is. But it's just, like you said, like people need to be outspoken about it and people need to be held accountable for those things. And especially when Mm -hmm. you're trying to be that woman for other upcoming ladies and for the next generation, like they need to know that. And I think it's important that we hold people accountable. I'd want to be held accountable too. I just think that it, it was very poorly represented in in Mm -hmm. something that could have been a very well-rounded scene, like something commendable.
1: So if Megan Knepp, and I was actually calling you Megan Knepp earlier, (laughs) so I apologize, I was not, I was expressing the K, not the silence of the K. Oh, you're fine. Um, If Megan Knepp had a magic wand and was like, okay, I'm going to correct or put into place, Something that is going to encourage women in the outdoor space. And I know that's a tough question. Uh, and I didn't prep you on this or anything like that. What is it? Is there a silver bullet? Or are there multiple pellets that get put into a shotgun shell? What What would you do? I
2: Like if I was giving advice to like a younger generation, is that more so what you're asking? Or?
0: Sure. I mean,
2: I... I honestly, like I said, it's, it's not for everyone. I get questions all the time where guys message me and they're like, how do I get my girlfriend in the outdoors? How do I get her to like hunting? How do I get her to like fishing? And I'm just like, man, there's no magic pill. Like you're either born with the passion for it or you're not. And a lot, I know a lot of guys that have got their wives or their girlfriends into hunting and they've loved it, which is great. I love that. But you can't force it. And if you force it, it's just going to blow up in your face. But like I said, I mean, you you got to put the time and the effort in. I mean, when everything comes together, like I said, when you are out planning food plots, when you're watching cameras, when you're tracking deer, when you're, I mean, duck hunting, your pattern, your calling, your every kind of hunting and fishing. I mean there's so much work and effort that goes into it. So at the end of the day, when it all comes together, like there's just no greater reward. And um, like I said, it's, it's one thing to just, you know, have a trophy whitetail on the wall, but like to be able to do that, to be healthy and able to do it um, in nature and just with a bow and arrow and, or gun, you know, whatever, whatever it is, but, to take it back to primitive living like it's just it's just respectable and i think conservation and learning about all those things and you know we wouldn't have the wildlife and natural parks and things like that that we have today without hunters and so there i mean there's just so i could probably i mean how long's the show because i could go <laughs> So long.
1: So let's let me say this: so Would you if would you recommend them doing it again? Let's talk to the theme of of what we talked about. They're doing it. You would recommend them doing it for the oh, love yes. of yes, hunting,
2: absolutely,
1: and not the likes tied to Insta famous dopamine hits tied to right. social
2: media. You do not. And if I could say one thing, you do not have to bare skin to be a respectable woman. Um. It's just one of the biggest, most false information narratives out there. Um, And if, and if you do bare skin to get that attention, you're not getting the attention that you want anyway. You don't want that kind of attention. Um, You want people that are going to be friends with you and admire you for, for your passion and um, you know, for, for all those things, you know, it's, You got to have self-respect. If you don't respect yourself, nobody else is going to. So, I mean, yeah, the sex appeal behind all of that, you don't need it. Just ditch it. It's not about likes. It's not about followers. It's not about sponsors. It's not about clothes. It's not about camouflage or gear or the newest gun or the newest bow. It's about getting out there and doing it for the right reasons. For just that passion of being in God's creation, chasing after beautiful animals, great tasting animals, I mean, that's what it's all about, and uh, if you're not doing it for those reasons then then you shouldn't be out there. Yeah,
1: you know, I look i I'll be honest with you, because I, I, obviously we don't know each other from a bar of soap, right you. I reached out to you and said hey do you want to do this and you're like mm, i don't know robbie you know <laughs> i get that a lot by the way i'm um, sure but i think that the i think that i think blood origins precedes itself in terms of what we do and how we portray ourselves and the message that we put out there and the co- types of conversations we have and i'll be honest i didn't know what i was going to get out mm-hmm. of you because obviously i felt the timidness through the the dms and whatnots mm-hmm. and and it it happens a lot, unfortunately. Rochelle, it happened the same way with her. Mm-hmm. That she was timid coming in, but just like you, once we peeled a couple of onion layers, it was like, Oh hell yeah, I'm gonna bring the fire and <laughs> here it comes.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I love it. And like you said, I think a lot of a lot of women, like I said, I think they are the majority, and I think they they are tired of people just bearing skin and just giving us a bad name when there's real women out there who are working and earning and just just being unbelievable like great role models and um they're they're not getting the respect that they deserve just because there's just, you know, those couple people and then like big network and big networks that are poorly represent representing, you know, the female industry.
1: Well, you've got some big names that are doing it right, like the Jana Wallace of the world and the Julie McQueens of the yes. world and you know, but that but they are few and mm-hmm. far between. Um, and you know, I guess let me let me ask you one last question and, and it's almost like a, just a, a tweak on that last question that I, I mm-hmm. put on you. Is how do you how would you, how could you change that perception of women? In the outdoor hunting space in the next year.
2: How, how would I change it?
1: Yeah. Oh. If you had a, a magic wand. If
2: I had a magic wand, I would make a show that was hunting, that was all, all women. And I mean, ab, just, it, it was purely hunting. No drama, no. And, mo- and your girls, girls that are about hunting aren't drama, they don't have to make it up to get views. Um it'd be a hunting show and it'd be all women and for people to see the camaraderie and the fun and the encouragement and the sportsmanship and the you know competitiveness that that we all share within the outdoor industry. I think that would really I think it would be do way better than any of this for lover likes or any of the other false representation of women. Like if you really saw the way women operate in camp and I've been in a lot of camps with just women, um, you know, like pretty excuse my language, but like badass women that are there to that wasn't to
1: bad just, language, by the way.
2: <laughs> but you know, just to, to showcase that in, in a show, because I, like I said, I grew up watching hunting shows, but it was all men. And I just remember being like, oh, this would be so awesome if it was just, if it was women on here, you know, something for us to watch. And we have yeah, the Yeah, There's cap- some hardcore the hunters,
1: man. Yeah, there's they some are. hardcore women hunters out there that, you know, take it just as seriously as any guy, that train just as hard as any guy, that push themselves just as hard as any guy. Yes. I actually was talking to a um a woman lion houndsman in Nevada oh. before we got on here, and she oh, is awesome. bad to the bone, <laughs> but she oh, loves my- her dogs, and she you know bottle feeds dogs and she works fencing there's so many of like I said like we've said, like you've said, yeah, there are so many of those types of women out there, and honestly, I'll be. You know, if you want to lay lay it bare, they don't give us stuff about Instagram. They don't give us stuff about Facebook. They don't give us stuff about the likes. Mm-hmm. They don't. And, and honestly, if you take it one step further, they don't give us stuff about what anyone thinks about them. Right. So they just they just do.
2: They do it. Yep.
1: They do it by themselves for themselves. You know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that. And I love that. And that's the stuff that like I want to see more of. And unfortunately. It's just, I don't know why, because we have the capabilities to showcase those kind of, you know, amazing women, but we're not. And I think that's what's so frustrating.
1: Well, we've got a Lion Houndsman documentary coming that's going to feature oh, a badass woman.
2: So. I'm excited to see that. Definitely. Oh. Well, Megan,
1: you've been amazing. Thank you so much for bringing the fire and just being open and honest with me and um thank you just really thank you
2: thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on i i mean i love your podcast so i love that you're a you know no crap kind of man and and i like i admire that so i'm yeah honored that you had me on here and i got to sh- speak my mind <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you yes well that's it for today